Words from the Hills reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we have a bumper-packed program this morning, so I'm not going to talk much at this point. We are talking this morning about tracking the lost art. So that's, that's our topic for this morning. Tracking the lost art. And I don't know how many people who appreciate art are here. But even if you don't appreciate art, you can know that art is just a painting. You know, until the speaker comes and tells us what art really is, then you can know art. But at least, how many of you have seen a, a, a photograph? You know photo. <laughs> so we're going to track lost art to this morning and we're going to be carried into a journey with God today praise God God has a lot in store for you today so open up your heart and God bless you as you yield yourself in the name of Jesus so to, to do the first part of this message I brought an artist a painter painter somebody who paints for a living she paints for a living her name is Initawa I was really hoping they weren't going to call me now because this worship just messed me up just here shedding tears so you forgive me if as we go on with the service i shed a few tears because honestly i wasn't even ready for what god is about to do here today um so when pastor mo called me you had no idea um the day you called me i was on my way to i was on my way home from a meeting i had with someone who had just bought a couple of art pieces from me and he was just encouraging me he's a very unusual um, customer of mine he would buy my art and after i would take it to him we'd sit down we'd had we'd have conversations and he would encourage me and tell me what he thinks about my art basically one of the rare people in this life <laughs> and he said something very profound to me that you know i held on to he said, Any, one of the things I really love about your art is that whenever I look at it, I can feel depth and I can feel intense love. I had no idea that that was what I was portraying and things that I was painting. I had no idea. And I, had, I even had no idea that it was related to what Pastor Mo was going to you know, call me about. And when he, when he called me, I said, oh, Ini, would you? I was like, wow, okay. It was later on as I began to look up and study about today that I realized the correlation with everything. Now, when art pieces are, are made, they are given to, sometimes they're given to galleries or museums, you know, and then there's a number that's put on them, either on the body of the art piece or it's just registered. And so it helps, this, this only started happening recently because of technology and because of advancement before it took a very, very long and intense time to track any piece of art, either painting or sculpture or anything that was lost or, you know, 
And so numbers are placed on them and they're registered. And so whenever they get lost or stolen, it's easy to track them down. No matter how many years it takes, no matter how long it takes, it's easy. And they always find them some way, one way or the other. <clears throat> now, what, what is the most beautiful part about art pieces that are lost or stolen is that um, no matter how many years it takes and no matter how long it takes and no matter the condition they find them in, they even have more value when they're found than when they're made. I don't know if you've ever heard the, the um, saying that it says art appreciates over the years. And so if you have an art piece, if you buy an original art piece from an artist, cherish it because in the next number of years, it will be more expensive, way more expensive. You might even be a multi-billionaire holding that art piece. Now let me tell you about one particular art or two particular art pieces that I found very interesting. One of them is Leonardo da Vinci's Sorry, just hold on a second. Yes, found it. Leonardo da Vinci's Salvatore Mundi. It was missing for centuries. And yes, there it is. It was missing for centuries. And it was, by the time they found it, in fact, it was missing, it was forgotten about, except for the people who were really interested in it. And then, by the time they found it, it was covered in dirt. It was was misattributed it was you know misconstrued a lot of people didn't understand it when they found it some people said this is worthless you know but the people who are really interested in it just took it and kept it now it's one of the world's most expensive artworks now that's one the second one is leonardo da vinci's the battle of angari now this one i find extremely interesting it was supposed to be a painting on a wall it's called a fresco sesco a painting on a wall in a um a meeting room somewhere in florence now florence is a city in tuscany it's a capital of tuscany italy's a tuscany region and it's home to a lot of the renaissance arts um of that time of that age and also home to a lot of popular artists that we hear about now michelangelo leonardo da vinci all of them they were you know that's where they used to reside now this particular art piece, he was commissioned to paint it, but the family who was living in that place at the time, they were voted out. Um, they were called the Medici family. They were voted out and so he couldn't finish the artwork because the house wasn't theirs anymore. And so the new family that came in and um, it was basically like the family of the prime minister. When they came in, they commissioned someone else. Now when the other artist came, he saw this art piece even though it was unfinished, he just felt, because when they commissioned him, they told him to paint everywhere. Paint it or paint over it, we don't care. It's not, you know, it doesn't look like anything that's valuable. We don't even know what it is. Paint over it, we don't care. And so this guy looked at this art piece and he said, even though it's finished, he had been someone who had looked up to Leonardo da Vinci a lot. And he just felt, this is like my mentor's work. How will I just come in? So what he did was he did paint over it, but then he left a sign for whoever will come how many years later, whoever is interested, and they would know that, you know, they should 
dig up over it or scrape over it and know that there's another painting over there. Um, the sign he left was something he wrote in Italian. I cannot pronounce it, so I'm not going to try. But if you can, you can look up Leonardo da Vinci's The Battle of Angari. You see the full story. Now, what was interesting was in recent centuries when they discovered this painting it was how they discovered it was a mistake the person who saw the writing of the wall didn't even understand it he had to go get someone else they came and then while they were talking and excavating and going around the house something scratched over the wall and then they discovered oh there is a painting here and so they began to scrape and scrape and scrape and they discovered this painting now this wall a whole wall it was for a long time was being debated over whether they should sell the wall piece by piece because it was so valuable and because of the 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 how like what what's the word it was so valuable let's leave it like that or if they should sell the wall as a whole and whoever would buy it in fact people were afraid to buy it because they felt if they bought the wall people would come after them because of how valuable this wall became and so they decided that they were going to leave it in a museum. I think it's still there. Now the point I'm trying to make is this. It is so interesting that pieces of art that have been forgotten about, that have been buried amongst rubble, covered in dirt, broken in fact, because sometimes you go to museums and you see some artifacts and they're not complete. I don't know if you've ever been to a museum before. They're not complete or when you see them, you're wondering, what is this thing even doing here? But then it is so valuable. I imagine how Leonardo da Vinci would have felt if he was alive right now, you know, watching the world look at his piece of painting that he had made and they didn't consider value because he couldn't do anything about it. He had been, you know, he had left the house it wasn't his place of work anymore. He couldn't take his painting along with him. It was a wall, you know. And even the one they discovered in the, in, in the rubble, in the dirt, I wonder how he would have felt if he had watched now how the world was scrambling for it and seeing how much it was appreciated. I wonder if he would even appreciate his own art more. I was talking to Pastor Mo and I was telling him that this hit home for me because a lot of times we... I'm sorry if I'm preaching part of your message, Pastor Mo, but a lot of times we, when things happen to us or when we go through issues in life, we believe that we are just like these pieces of art, worthless, useless. There's nothing to us. There's no way forward. But it's even then that God loves us the most. It's even then that our value actually appreciates, that God even wants us the most. That's why he says there's no... There's nothing he won't do to come after the one, you know. And I was sitting here just, or standing here, sitting, bending, whichever one in worship. And I, I was telling Pastor Mo of how, well, this was between today and yesterday, how I thought about my life as an artist. And I thought about the different pieces of art that I've made and the ones that I've cast away, that I have painted over. This particular man I went to see, how he became a friend and a customer was that he showed up at my house one day and he saw paintings that had been covered in dust. I had vowed that they would never see the light of day because I'm just like, I'm ashamed of this work. 
and he bought everything. He stood there and he looked at it and said, wow, these are amazing. And he bought everything. I made those paintings at a time in my life where I was just becoming a professional artist. I had really no meanings in my life. I was just getting back on track with God. And so I just felt, okay, this was something I just did because I was just venturing into it. When I master, when I become a master and become a professional, then I can start putting work out. But he loved those the most. He took no look at the new work that I was making and he took everything. I don't know if you, if you see the point in what I'm trying to say. And I thought about it. I thought about, I have a brother whom out of all of us, everybody always says that they have a black sheep in the family. And each and every one of us were just like, you know what, this guy, <laughs> when you and God, you're ready, you'll be all right. And even I had gotten to a point, I'm just like, I don't know if there's any hope for this guy. But then even God began to speak to me that that's the one, I, I love him. I want him. He's mine. Every artist, after they make a, a piece, they sign on it. God has a signature on each and every person. Each and every person. He has a number. He has a signature. You cannot be lost. It's not possible. You cannot be broken enough for God not to steal treasure. When you see art pieces in museums or at exhibitions, they put them on display. That's how God treats each and every one of us regardless of what the state of your heart is. When you go to an exhibition, or just like this, they put up a painting, and there's a light that shines on it. Nobody knows the work that has gone to it, or gone into it, gone into the process. Nobody knows or understands how many nights, or how many days, or how many places you had to paint over and say, no, this is not working. Okay, let's do this. Let's amend this. Let's put this color here. Let's scrape this out. But all the world is looking at is a masterpiece that is on display for the world to see. Only God knows your process. And only God still wants you. My life hasn't been perfect. In fact, I wonder how I have never married the two together until, you know, this very moment. My life has been sh in shambles, you know. And I remember when there was a particular morning, the night before, I had just come from a guy's house who I had slept with. He was a married man. And I remember I have always been a worshiper, regardless of my, <laughs> my worldly behavior. And I had a particular spot in my room just beside my bed where I would kneel down or sometimes lie down and just cry out and worship to God. And I knew that coming from this place, you know, sometimes when I go out and come back, it will take a while before I get back to that spot because I know that I have to make sure my mind is in the right place before I can go to worship God. I don't know if that ever happens to you. And so, but this morning I knew I really wanted to be in that place of worship but then i was just like it's still so fresh i mean it's just it's just last night how do i and i was just getting home and i remember getting to my room dropping all my bags and crawling to that spot and i was just crying out of guilt out of shame tired of saying god i'm sorry it's me again 
literally and i heard god say to me the most profound and the most loving thing he said whatever happens don't be absent from here you know i thought i didn't hear clearly because it was like a very distinct voice and he said it again whatever happens don't be absent from here i began to wail was I started screaming and so my mom rushed into the room but she saw me on the floor and she said okay this one is worshiping let me leave her not knowing where her child has come from but I was there and I was crying I cried for two hours two hours straight I couldn't believe it because I just felt you you mean you still want me to come here even after you know where I'm coming from you know you you see everything basically there's no canopy there's no curtain or anything you see everything is in plain sight and you know I went there willingly. You know, it's not like I planned my outing. I planned it. You know when you sit down and say, oh, tomorrow I'm going here. I packed my bags, packed the right underwear, everything. You saw it. And then you're still telling me whatever happens, don't be absent from here. And that same afternoon, a friend of mine sent me a prophetic word. It was too much. And, but then that's the kind of God that we serve, you know. The Bible says, what can separate us from the love of God? It's so good. So good. Okay. Thank you, Uni. She's escaped. <laughs> I love the Lord. Pastor Mo got me a guitar. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Mo. I'll go with it. I just want <laughs> so as I sat there, I actually prepared a song, but this song came to my heart. I don't know why it's shaking. I just want us to sing it together.
this morning just say the words to God this morning say you are my God it's very personal it's very personal God is bringing light to your path this morning things that were difficult for you to understand he's giving you illumination right now he's making the crooked path straight he's strengthening your arms for war he's gone ahead of you can we just sing it one more time
You've even gone to win my world. You come back with the head of my enemies. You come back and you call it my victory. You go before I know that you've even gone to win my war. You come back with the head of my enemy. You come back and you call it my victory. All I could do was praise All I did was worship All I did was bow All I did was stay And hallelujah, you have saved me so much better your way. Hallelujah, great defender, so much better your way. You know before I do When my heart can seek to find your truth Your love is the place I'm living in You restore my faith and hope again All I did was praise All I did was worship Somebody worship All I did was stay still All I did was bow down And hallelujah You have saved me So much better 
Wanted to hold the person next to you. And pray for that person. For the love of God will be so real to them. sometimes when we go through difficult times we think that God is absent or we're on our own but most times God is in the midst of it I remember in nights that I woke up crying and I felt Jesus by my side crying with me And when he showed me that he too went through the same things that I was going through, <laughs> it cleared my doubts. So his love is real. You're not lost. You're not lost. You're not forsaken. You're not forgotten. He's right there. And I 
has children <laughs> different places different nations different expressions so that was still uh, we didn't advertise her at all so we didn't put her on the fly or anything like that you know that's not quite our style but she came with a fresh word for someone this morning God is speaking to someone here today it's very evident that God wants someone to know that they are valuable. That they may be lost. They may seem lost. But they are not lost at all. That they are far from God. But all they have to do is just to track their way back. God is tracking lost art this morning. God is redeeming somebody's spirit this morning. God is restoring. Restoring, building back that which was lost in someone's life today. God is calling someone back home who doesn't walk in righteousness anymore. God is going for your spirit. And if you're that one, why don't we take this moment to come back home? Jesus wants you. You're valuable. Doesn't matter whether you've been painted over. Doesn't matter the traditions in which you were born and and the things that have held you down doesn't matter where you came from doesn't matter what you even believe or whether you're catholic or anglican or, or presbyterian god god will not ask you a denomination in heaven god wants your heart this morning and this morning god is asking you will you give me your heart will you give me your soul will you someone here you've been living in sin falling in and out of sin God is asking you this morning, will you give me your heart? Will you come to the place where I am the center of your world? Will you let go of that life and trust me to carry you? I will defend you. I will stand over you. I will redeem you. I will wash you with my, with my waters of righteousness. I will bring the rivers of life over you. I will make your heart new. I will make you so new. You will look like where you came from. Let us pray together one more time. If you're that person, receive life this morning. Receive the life of God. Receive the strength of God. Receive the grace of Yahweh. Receive the power of our God this morning. God is pouring his grace on you and speaking over you his words of life. Come back home. Come back home. Come back home. Come back home. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We we'll bless your name. We we'll worship you, our God. Hallelujah. What a morning. Praise God. Good morning. So let that be part one of Tracking Lost Art for the recording. Who is in charge of recording today? John is not here. Uh, for the recording, let that be part of 
let that be part one and this should be part two of tracking lost art so um, she didn't define art but let me try and do art I can't block the projector take it back So, art is the life form of any society. Every society organizes itself around its expressions. So, art is that which colors a society. So, there's African art. Okay. A vehicle for social good and values. It's how people communicate. So, Egyptian art communicated Egyptian life. Art chronicles history and identity of a people. So when we talk about art, therefore, art is actually that which is culturally relevant to any people. And everybody has their art. Egyptians have their art. There are different types of art schools. For example, this was Egyptian art. If you see it once, you can recognize it, right? How many of you recognize this that is Egyptian? You can see the eye. You can see the eye of... Uh, right you can see you can see the the symbols you can see the colors this is actually like egyptian art and this was something that was in the pharaohs okay this is one of initama's pieces and this was in uh, she was colored this a dye it was dye right dye version wanted oh so you have like this old italian catholic school of art you have the byzantine era of art you have the aboriginal arts like the like in the outback of australia and those old people the people in the samoan islands people who lived long long ago who are called the aborigines you have their own kind of you have the greco-roman art when when the catholic world divided the known world into greece and rome and, and eastern europe and western europe and just broke the civilizations around so art comes from all of these schools and there's a whole lot more schools of art. Yes, of course, the medieval time and the Byzantine era was, was, was an era more than a school. But there are arts that were created around that time. So generally, this is what art schools look like. So this was one. So what happens is that when art comes, art comes with a civilization. So new kings who want to dominate old kings will come to wipe out the old art because once they wipe out your art what they have wiped out is incidentally is your identity your culture your image and this has gone into today's world of branding so when you want to when you want to change your business when for example recently enyo took on oando gas stations if you've gone around oando and you start seeing enyo on them what is that that is new art replacing the old. It's showing that this is new management in charge. So when kings come in the old times and the kings wanted to run this empire, what they did was they replaced the art which defined the culture of the people with a new kind of art. And do you know sometimes the people now felt like because they have been replaced, they are no more valuable. Because they've been deprecated, it, it means like as if they are now relegated. Because they've been changed, it means that they are no more special. But this is not true. You heard Ini say very well that the older 
it is, the more valuable it becomes. The more lost it is, the more it is desirable to be sought, to be found. God wants to find you. The farther away you are from God, the more God wants to get you back home. Have you ever seen people who feel like they don't need God? That they feel like they are good. They feel like they are okay with life. Do you understand? You see, most times it's guys, some hardened guys who look like they are tough guys. Just going around like, you know, like I, what I remember most about, about some of the cities in the UK where I went was the men. The men just drank loads of alcohol, loads of beer. Every evening they were in the pub and they were just, just gruffy, gruff, like, oh no, no, no. They, they don't think about anything. They just, the men were continuously just impossible to track. And I think Nigerian men are also just the same way. We don't talk much. Whatever we're doing is inside of us. You know, our strategy is within us. And they were difficult to track. But guess what? It is not true that those men are monolithic and strong. It's not true that those men have no feelings. It's not true that those men cannot be broken. It's not true that strong men who look very strong on the outside are invincible. It is not true that because you look very strong on the outside that you are okay. Actually, sometimes all you need is a scratch. And she calls some men and say, brother, come here, give me a hug. And they will all fall and everything will crack. That's why they don't want to. They can't hug for two minutes. They just push, push you away like, oh, don't hug me. Why? Because they know it's all going to dissipate. That whole ivory tower, that whole strong man, that whole sense of power. So wicked kings tend to wipe out art. Wicked kings tend to sweep away the old and replace it with their new. And even the best art can be lost. This is one of Initama's pieces as well. I didn't capture it too well, but it's very big. Even the best art can sometimes be lost. Even the best art can be lost. Even the best believer can lose their way. Even the most special child of God can be in a bad place. Even the strongest can be broken. You guys understand this? That God wants to restore every lost. God wants to go bring the best out of you. God wants to put value. Why does God care? Why does God care about restoring? Why is God so like decided that he's going to restore everyone? Why is this so important to God? Because from the get-go God said let us make man in our image and after our likeness that means that the first person who put value in man was God it's not United Nations that decided that human rights is good for man do you understand 
It's not the UN High Commission on Refugees that de determined that refugees are valuable. Way before they came, the Bible says, set cities of refuge that a man who has committed an offense can run to. And when he runs that city, he will be safe. Did you know that? And the Bible wrote about cities of refuge. Way before mankind came to know himself in modern civilization, there was the value of God in man. God says, you are valuable. You are precious. You are of worth. You count for something. I love you, says the Spirit of God. Why should man be special? Because man is loved by God. Why should your life count? Because you are special to God. So no matter how lost you are, God loves the lost. For God so loved the good that he gave his only begotten son. For God so loved the church that he gave his only begotten son. For God so loved people who pray in tongues that he gave his only begotten son. What does that scripture say? Read it out loud. The world. Everyone. All 6.4 all billion people on the face of the earth. Every single one of them loved by God. Loved by God. So when you look at somebody whose life is wasted, why should you add value to that person's life? Because that person was created in the image and in the likeness of God. Sometimes though, no matter how hard we try, we're unable to get into the place where we feel that sense of value with God. So how? When, how do you, how do you feel, how do you get in with God when you feel wrapped up in trouble and details? When your mind is trying to create solutions? When you're wrapped up around trying to determine, you know, when you're talking about that, that, that day, I felt like I was in your room. The way you described it was so graphic. I felt like I was there. And I felt like I was even speaking to you like, yes, let's go. Let's go. Let's go do this. Let's, let's drag you to that point when God wants his grace to fall upon you. Right. Just that sense of connection to that point. Like, but that's not what we do. What we do is we're trying to make up the details. We're trying to say, how can we, how can we pay back? We're trying to, we're trying to, we're trying to, you know, just make up for all the bad things we've done so that God will have mercy on us. We're trying to pay, pay for our sins. But all God wants you to do is to come. Say, come. Come to me, he says. All ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest come to God do you know we can't change ourselves we try so hard to work out the details but we can't change a thing about ourselves we need God's grace to change us sometimes even our coming to God is like we're coming we're fasting we're begging like God you know but do you know that you can pray in the spirit and arrive nowhere in God? 
Do you know that sometimes when you even pray in tongues as if God is much further away from you than before you began? Do you know that sometimes we are trying to work out faith so we can believe God first before we come to God? No. Guess what? Jesus is who we should come to. Just come to Jesus. Just come to Jesus. All you should do, write this down, whenever you feel far from God, open the door to Jesus. This is for believers and those who are not so strong in the faith. All you should do when you feel far from God, open the door to Jesus. Open the door to Jesus. Open the door to Jesus. Because he's waiting. He's waiting. Open the door to Jesus. Don't wait until you're perfect. Don't wait until you're ready. Don't wait until you leave the bed of adultery. Don't wait until you leave the, the bed of fornication. Don't wait until you leave that place which you know God is not pleased. Don't wait until you leave there. Right there. And it's not even only about sin. Sometimes we're actually caught up with our lives and caught up with problems and we feel far from God. Don't wait until the problem is over. Don't wait until the situation changes. Don't wait until everything is perfect. Don't wait. Come to Jesus. Don't try to work out faith by yourself. Don't try to be strong. You know, some people try to sort out themselves. Oh, no. Why were you not in church? I was trying to sort out myself. No, you don't sort out yourself by sort out, sorting out yourself. How many of you have said like, oh yeah, I'll just go away for three months and then when I come back after three months, I'll be okay. I will now be sorted. When you went, guess what happened? It's like as if God was perfect light and you went away from God trying to sort out yourself. What's happening to you? You're steeping yourself in further and further darkness. Don't wait. Come today. Come today. Don't stop chasing after God. This is the way to find righteousness. This is the way to track yourself. Revelation chapter 3 verse 17 to 18. Let's read this together. You say, I am rich. I become wealthy. and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eye with eyes how that you may see there is something that God does inside of us buy of me gold buy of me eyes how and if you read somewhere it says without money without price you understand one day I was preaching and here's what I said I said why are you spending your money for that which cannot satisfy why do you spend yourself thin for that which cannot fill your spirit why are you running after things that will never fill you the more you have the, le the, the, the less satisfied you, you become so buy of Christ without money so how do you do this buying then you show up before Christ. You are of value. Regardless of how lost you are. You are of worth. Regardless of how broken you are. 
regardless of how many problems you have in your family, regardless of the issue between the wife and the husband, you have substance in God. There is something about your life, regardless of how much mental pressure you carry. God has put value on you. God has put his treasure, the Bible says, in earthen vessel, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. If we're going to put ourselves in a place where we are valuable, if we're going to measure ourselves by the place when we are ready, guess what will happen? We will be in a place where we will feel perfect before God can use us or God can work with us. But that's not how God is. God is the one who reaches out his hand to you wherever you are. Wherever you are. Praise God. Let's read this together one more time. That Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves as bond servants for Jesus' sake. For the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God at the beginning of time stood in Genesis chapter 1. We read where the Bible says in the beginning the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And God said, let there be light. Preceding the spoken word of God was the brooding Spirit of God. As the Spirit of God began to hover, God spoke. As the Spirit of God began to hover, God spoke. God speaks where His Spirit goes. God speaks where His Spirit is at. God speaks where His Spirit is covering and hovering over. The spoken word of God is in the place where the Spirit of God is. And God said, Oh, do you guys think like because the Bible is the word of God, when you read it, the Bible will come alive to you? Haven't you read the Bible and you fell asleep? You guys think that because you go to church you're, that you're now all of a sudden a believer in God? Haven't you gone to church and gone back and felt worse? You guys feel like because you say in Jesus' name that a miracle will be done? Haven't you said in Jesus' name and nothing happened? So what is it that is that lost thing? What is it that is that thing that we're looking for? What is it that is that handle of, of faith in God? What is it that is that reality of the power of God? What is it that we are in a quest for what is that thing it is right here is the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ this scripture has been making me go mad this whole weekend the glory of our God in the face of Jesus Christ the glory of our God in the face of Jesus Christ shout it out the glory of our God in the face of Jesus Christ. The glory of our God in the face of Jesus Christ. The glory of God. The knowledge of the glory of God. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. What is that that unlocks that you know? We read about this man of God. And many of you know like about Catherine, Catherine Coleman, how she was how she was that she entered the room and when she entered the room everybody who is everybody who is blind begins to see 
without saying a word, without praying for someone, what happens? What did that person carry? What's upon their life? What's that grace that they know? What's that presence of God that they know? What's that power of God they carry? I think I was listening to a message yesterday by Benny Hinn and he was saying also that he, he didn't want to talk about it because he knows God will be angry with him. But he wanted to just say a little that one day he walked on the, on the platform and over 40 people on wheelchairs stood up and began to walk. What is that thing? What is that art? What is that way? What is that treasure? What is that power of God? What is that thing that is in the face of Christ? What is that thing? It's to give the light. And God who commands light out of darkness, the same God who did before, is waiting. Is hovering. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29:13. Is your heart legit? Or are you a casual seeker? Are you a convenient seeker of God? You seek only God when it's convenient. Sunday morning. Do you seek God only on Wednesday night? Are you a casual seeker? Ask your neighbor. Are you a casual seeker? Are you a casual seeker? Do you seek God only when it's convenient? Do you pray only when you can? Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Are you more about what people are saying about you? Or are you waiting for the potter to design you? Look at this scripture. He who dwells. This I can go into what you said. Dwells. Come to this place. Come live in me. Yeah. Don't play it yet. Or else the whole church will be singing. I won't hear follow with the message anymore. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Dwells doesn't mean visit. Dwells mean live. Do you know this is the secret? Dwell. The earth was without form. We read this. The glory of God hovering over the face of the world. Then God said, let there be light. And there was. Do you know sometimes we feel like we can just go into God? Actually, no. You cannot bring the glory of God down by yourself. Guess what will happen? You wait on God. And God decides when he's going to call you in. This is the truth. You wait on God. And God decides when he's going to call you in. How do you track the lost art of worship? Repeat out of me. You wait on God. And God decides when to call you in. Because God is a mighty king.
even the kings of the earth have their protocol they have their retinue the bible says god lives in the heavens of heavens but he also lives with a humble and contrite in heart god sees how you are before he opens the door are you hungry for him or are you looking at people's faces are you more about god or are you more about what people are thinking about you are you more about god or are you more about convenience the gospel is always about in comparison do you know god doesn't care all the nasty things you can do god doesn't worry about all the rough places you can go to god doesn't care about who you slept with what money you stole get me right right god doesn't care about who you fought with this is not a big deal in god john chapter 3 verse 17 i think says and this is the condemnation that light came to the world but men love darkness rather than light god will not condemn you for being a sinner god's condemnation only came that he gave you away and you rejected it because he knows that we are sinners he knows that we are what we are like but he has offered each of i don't know this message may not be for all of you but for a few people this morning god truly wants somebody's hearts here god truly wants someone to make up their mind that they want him god truly is asking for somebody's soul this morning because he's a mighty king you cannot come in yourself you have to be drawn in by the power in his name you have to wait on him wait on the lord and he will open the door and you'll come in you want to track worship wait on god come to christ and stay stay abandon yourself there stay stay do you know i don't know that you guys are getting this message are you guys getting it i don't know that you guys are getting it but it's not a it's not the kind of message that is easy to preach because we're talking about the presence of god what you carry what you carry some days i feel i feel full of the presence of god I have the power to shift the atmosphere around me some other days are lesser than other days some days i feel like i can take on institutions some days i feel like i can heal the sick but it's all down to how much immersion i've done the principle of following after god i said last week is the principle of pickled cucumber write it down the principle of pickled cucumber just write that word pickled cucumber i think i use the most crazy examples right don't i if you want to make the best club sandwich or you want to make the best burgers one of the things that give the tangy taste in the burger is pickles I don't know where, how many burger people are here. <laughs> the taste of burger, that tangy taste, it comes from pickles. 
Madam, I'm going to make some burgers. Today is her birthday, so. <laughs> Do you know the principle of making the best burgers? I can see some of you smiling now because you burger. Yeah. Oh, glory to Jesus! Can't wait to leave church and go and get me one. <laughs> The principle of making the best burgers is pickles. How do you get pickles? You take slices of cucumber and dip them in vinegar. And you allow them to satay. <laughs> After a while, the cucumber becomes vinegar. And the vinegar becomes cucumber. That's how to stay on God. You stay in Him and you become God and God becomes you. When you stay on God at some point in time, a transfusion happens. Your nature changes. Your, your, your desire to control everything lives. And all of a sudden, you become so immersed in God. And God becomes so immersed in you. That a natural osmosis happens. Where the elements move from the area of less concentration to the area of higher concentration. How many of you remember your basic biology chemistry? God now is ready after you become concentrated. To diffuse you to the world. How many of you know about diffusion? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Everything I learned just comes when I'm preaching a message. Like it's, I can get it. I can see it. Stay. 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 Come to Christ. The knowledge of God. And the face of Christ. How? 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 Dare that wait upon the Lord. Waiting upon the Lord is actually a bridge between the flesh and the spirit. There's a point when you wait, your flesh can no more wait. There's a point when you wait, your flesh can no more wait. Your flesh telling you, go and do something. Take action. God, God honors those who take action. <laughs> take action. Be radical. Do something. There's a point like that. Don't just be praying, praying, praying take action. Of course, there's action that is initiated by the Spirit. And there's action that comes from your own impatience. And impatience just helps to wear you out. Actions that you design by yourself wear you out. Have you ever tried to go over a process and you got worn out by that process? Is action birth of man. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, you will be a sharpshooter. You know there are all types of shooters in a war. There are those people who carry their foot soldiers who go in their millions to, to fight some, some other people. You see them going. How many of them die at once? How many of you watch like watch war movies like me? Nobody. Oh my god. Just me. Oh man. I like shooting, fast driving, action. It's only my wife that takes me to go and watch romantic comedy and then there will be a full woman naked in the movie and I'll say, you see, you see. Let's be watching shooting. You won't agree. <laughs> right. 
So I just I just gave out one secret like 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 that. Guess what? Something happens to those who tire, who learn how to wait on God, who learn how to leave the agenda. Waiting is not passive. Waiting is an active engagement with spiritual beings. Waiting is a place where God's oil flows. Waiting is a place where God releases this revelation. I, I just a scripture I saw in the Passion Version. He said, there is a secret place reserved for those who love God, where God's revelation secrets are being made known to those who love Him and those who wait on Him. God has a secret place for those who love Him and He knows by how they wait. You know, some of us, we know that God exists, but we don't love him. We know that God is powerful, but we don't love him. We know that God can do mighty things in our lives, but we don't love him. We love what we can get from God. We love what God can make out of us. We know that God can make us a mighty king. So, <laughs> let's get what we can from God. Stillness activates his power. Psalm 40 verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. I waited patiently for the Lord. Can you wait? Can you wait this morning? One of the ways to track everything that is lost is by waiting. You know many people went to look for King Solomon's mines where the gold of Solomon was kept. But some people read the maps. Some people found lots of treasure looking for King Solomon's mind. It wasn't King Solomon's mind itself, but they found other treasures. They were using maps. There's a map in the spirit. There's a map. Can you give back my slide? So, whenever you get to that point when you are wondering how wait whenever you get to that point when you are wondering what wait so it's time for you to preach to your neighbor now no we do this so, so my neighbor I want to preach to you this morning. It's neighbor preaching time. I don't be scared of them. I see some of you, the people who are sitting next to you are really strong, so you are afraid. No, don't be scared of them. Say, neighbor, hear the word of the Lord. Let me teach you how. I will show you now how to unlock the spirit main key fall before Christ number one number two wait there so don't be hurrying you're always rushing 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 wait 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 I say on the Lord and he will strengthen your heart God is looking for someone who will wait. Will you be that person?
Will you be that woman? Will you be that man? Do you, will you get a download of God first before you start running? Will you, will you receive the broadcast of heaven first before you start going? Will you, will, you, will you be downloaded with God first before you start doing? Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. One of the ways the first art that is lost is us. Human beings are lost. Men created in the image and the likeness of God are lost. They don't even know it. There are guys wearing suits and going to work in the bank on Monday. They don't know that they are lost. There are young women working in Etzelat or Nine Mobile. They don't know that they are lost. There are people who are making millions in the oil and gas industry. They don't know that they are lost. There are people who, who are living large, driving good cars, but they don't know that they are lost. In heaven, their name doesn't exist. They are lost and cut off from God. But God says, even though you are lost, you are valuable to me. Even though you are lost, you are valuable to me. I have made you. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with my loving kindness. My kindness will never cease to brood over you. I want you, says the Spirit of God. I miss my fellowship with you. For when I created you, there's a place for you in me. There's a position for you in God. Do you know that God has a seat for you in Him? Every human being. We're reading John chapter 14 the other day. It says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And you know, this is not only about heaven. This is actually talking about God's sense of preparedness for you. In me, there are dimensions of me that has space for you. There's space for you in God. There's space for you in the Spirit. There's power for you in the supernatural. There's space for you in God's world. One day, I was looking for work in Aberdeen, and everywhere was dry, and I'd written like every single application I'd written, like I was sending out like 25 a day. So in 10 days, how many is that? 250. And I went on like that for a month. Every single application that came up in the city that came around the area of my specialism, I applied for it. And guess how many things happened? Nothing happened. One looked at me in the face, one recruiter, because I was very forward, looked at me in the face and said, if you were Scottish, I would have given you a job. You're qualified. You're very, very highly skilled. I've talked to you. I know you, I know you hold it. Do you know, because you're a foreigner, this system is rigged against you. That's what he said. So, that week, I went out to the, to the city center and I lifted up my hands and I said, God, maker of the heavens and the earth, there is room for me in this city. There is space for me on this land. Give me that space. The next day, I got an interview. Next day, I got an interview. Two weeks later, I started a job. There is room for you in your father's world. There is space for you in God's creation. When the system is rigged against you, wait on God. Some of you have tried to make life by yourself. You, you wearied yourself running after men. You wearied yourself running after women. Running after people of substance who can give you life. 
You've broken your spirit. You've torn your vows to God. Looking for something that only God can give you. Wait on the Lord. Stay on God. There is room for you in your father's house. The God who made you has made provision for your life. He will not leave you without comfort. Trust him. Trust him. Don't stop trying to walk out life by yourself. Because there is room for you. Let us pray. Someone wants to cry to God this morning. Say, Lord, I waited patiently for you. I will wait on you. I will wait on you. Lord, I lay my life down before you. I bow my head in reverence. I come before you, my Father. I will wait on you. The lost art of a saint lost and cut off from God. I am your art. I am your message to the world. I am your piece of great possession. But I'm lost. There's nothing you won't do to get me back home. Lord, I receive your call. I wait on you. I wait on you. I wait on you. Lord, I give you my heart. Lord, I give you my soul. I give you everything. You can have it all. Every part of my world. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.